I'm Jack Draper. Shout out to Quality Shot Tennis. So it all comes down to this. The Roland Garros final preview and prediction video. Novak Djokovic versus Kasper Ruud. It's upon us. It is upon us. Novak Djokovic has a historical chance to make and win 23 Grand Slams. To overtake Nadal. He's never been in front. Never. He's never, ever been in front of Nadal or Federer in the Grand Slam race. This could be the first time that he eclipses Nadal. And it would be a huge moment, given we know Nadal, of course, is only going to be playing next year, most likely. Djokovic doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. And the Serb is continually making cases as to why uh, he should be remembered as the greatest player to grace a tennis court. For Kasper Ruud, the Norwegian has a really big opportunity to win his first ever Grand Slam. He made two finals last year, making the Roland Garros final and losing convincingly to Nadal. He only picked up six games in that loss and then losing to Alcaraz in the US Open. A bit closer, but nonetheless, comprehensive victory for uh, the younger Spaniard. Kasparud is going into this against another great in Djokovic and like with Nadal, he knows he's going to have to bring his A-game. Uh, we're going to break this down in a few ways. But before we do, remember to that like button. Do subscribe if you're new and do leave a rating review if you're listening on a podcast platform. So we've got a few things to discuss. The first thing I want to discuss is what both players have said uh, before the match and also the mental perspective. So uh, how much pressure might be on each player, um, how they might deal with it from a mentality aspect and how that might then affect them on court we're then going to have a look at their route to the final who they played so far how they looked uh, and then I want to touch upon uh, the head-to-head and Djokovic has won all, all of the meetings that they've had uh, but mainly on the most recent one which was actually last year in Rome so just over a year ago and Djokovic came out on top uh, but I've got some tennis insights some data and analytics talking about quality of of shots and and other bits and bobs as well. So I wanted to share that and also uh, talk a little bit about what that might bring to the match. Like, is the insights that we have for that match, are they going to be similar to what we'd see on court uh, tomorrow? Because Kasper Ruud, I think, is fair to say, has improved a little bit since then, his back outside mainly. But the form that he had just before Roland Garros at Rome was actually very good. So... It might be a, a pretty good yardstick uh, for Djokovic. You'd probably say he's playing a, a bit of a better level, though. You know, he had lost to Nadal in the end in a very thrilling quarterfinal last year, so it's not like he wasn't playing good tennis. Uh, then, lastly, what I'll do is break it down more tactically and strategically. Talk about the strengths and weaknesses of both players and what uh, might come to pass in the final, and ultimately give you guys my prediction and who I think is going to win in the end. So. Let's then talk about what both players have been saying before. So Djokovic, obviously saying motivation very high to win, uh, you know, another Grand Slam, put his hands on another trophy. He's put himself in another ideal position for a Grand Slam. And, you know, what he said is, I still need to win, though. I still need to win. He's proud of his achievements. And he he knows the job's not finished and he needs to win another match. For Rude... Uh, obviously saying that he'd like to do better than last year, see if he's learned something from the two previous finals he's played. Uh, he said it's going to be tough for sure. 
He's playing for his 23rd. I'm playing for my first. I'm going to try and play without pressure and just try to enjoy the, enjoy the moment. That was my mentality last year as well. It didn't go my way. Uh, that's a little bit alarming, I think. We'll talk about that in a second. It just feels great to be back in the final. I didn't think or necessarily believe in the beginning of the tournament I was going to be in the final. He said it's going to be the toughest challenge of the year for me to play Novak. Uh, I've never beaten him before, so I'm going to have to try to come up with a better game plan. And now I'm going to have to play my A game, my best level I've ever played if I want to have a chance against him. So there's a few things to dissect there. Uh, We won't delve on it too much. So what I take from those words is that Novak Djokovic is clearly saying, you know, he knows it's a monumental occasion. He is clearly going to have to up his level and make sure that he's clinical in the final and he lives really for Grand Slams. And to he he's always said that it's important to him how many slams that he wins in the, the Grand Slam race and he's never made that secret. Uh, I think there's really not a huge amount of pressure, I feel, as well, because if he were to lose this match, he probably will get more opportunities. Nadal has one more year left. And even though, yes, the youngsters are coming, are coming through, the passing of the torch is not really in motion yet, I would say. Uh, so I, I think this is not going to be the same as, for example, the US Open, where at US Open 2021 final against Medvedev, where he had the opportunity to win the Canada Slam. There was so much riding on it. like It was going to be historic. He was one match away and he lost in straight sets and he got emotional and the pressure, I think, really told. Uh, this is not at the end of the year. He's not going to feel it physically, I don't think, either. And Medvedev is a bit different because he'll break you down. Rude isn't that type of player who's going to get into a super physical battle with you in that way. Uh, so that's my thoughts on Djokovic's comments for Kasper Rude. A little bit alarming that he said he's just going to go out there and enjoy himself. Or, sorry, let me not misquote him. He said, but yeah, he said, I'm going to try and play without pressure and just try to enjoy the moment. Now, the try to play without pressure is good and play your own game and trust the process. I get that. But then him saying that was my mentality last year as well, it didn't go my way, kind of makes you worried a little bit because he played a little bit like a fanboy last year against Nazar. He needs to believe he can win. And then that brings me on to probably the most alarming thing he said, which is he didn't think or necessarily believe in the beginning of the tournament that he was going to be in the final. So he was lacking belief that he was going to make the final. Anyways, Djokovic, Nadal, these top players... They believe, they have that belief, true belief that they're going to make the final and they can win the tournament. Does Rude have that belief that A, that he's going to make the final? He's, he's saying no. Does he have the belief that he can beat Djokovic? And that's the big question mark because from his comments, it gives me a few doubts that his up here, his mental capacity or his mentality anyway is that of a super competitor who winning means everything to them. Um, You know, him saying, I want to do better than last year, that could just mean taking more than six games. Uh, So I'm hoping that, you know, he's saying what he's saying to the public because, or to the media, because he's respectful to Djokovic. He obviously, you know, doesn't want to come across as arrogant. And that's fine if that's the case. And deep down, he does have this little bit of arrogance that, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm I'm good enough. I can beat him. Because if he doesn't have that, 
I'm not sure how he wins because that's already half the battle, or at least half the battle is up here when you go and play these guys. And that's why, you know, when I did my preview for Alcaraz Djokovic, which I got wrong, hands up, I did say that, I, that Alcaraz, the reason why I thought he could win is because I don't think he was scared of Djokovic. But then he came out afterwards and said, not that he was scared, but he was anxious about it. And that just shows that psychology in sport, elite sport, is just is such a big factor that some people don't even tend to factor in. They really don't. Okay, let's then talk about their route to the final. Uh, so for Djokovic, it's been a pretty good route, to be honest with you. It's not been the hardest up until Alcaraz, although Hachinov as well, we have to give him props. Fuksovic in the first round. Sorry, Kovacevic in the first round, then Fuksovic and Dodic Fikina and Virilis all in straight sets. Hachanov took a set off him in the first set there, played some really good tennis. Djokovic, though, with the storm, then beat him in four. And then against Jok- against Alcaraz, sorry, even, won the first set. Alcaraz played phenomenal in the second set, couldn't keep him up and couldn't keep it up even, and got broken at one all in the third set and got broken because he was cramping. And yeah, that was it, really beginning of the end and he lost him four sets got breadsticked in the third and fourth sets for Kasper Ruud uh, some impressive performances B. Eimer in straight sets and Zepieri and Zhang in both in four Jari in straight sets and Runa in four and then what was arguably his best performance of the week and a half or fortnight was against Zverev bageled him in the third set and I have to say he was clinical in that match absolutely clinical and that Puts him in a pretty good place, I think, going into the final. He should be confident after beating Zverev in the in the fashion he did. Then, if we look at the head-to-head, Djokovic has four love up in the head-to-head. World Tour finals beat him in straight sets. In Rome, beat him in straight sets. Uh, then beat him in the World Tour finals in 2021 in straight sets, and also in Rome again. So played uh, in the two same places twice. Uh, Rome lost in straight sets as well in 2020. Uh, so the last meeting I was saying was in Rome 2022, but they played, of course, in the World Tour Finals, but the last meeting on clay was in Rome. Uh, so interesting. And Rude has looked quite good. I think his forehand was really firing in Zverev. I like him coming forward, transitioning as well. Um, not the most natural volleyer, but for the most part, what he does very well is choose his opportunities correctly. And he's very efficient with it. And he tends to uh, be quite clever in the sense that he will hit a fantastic approach shot, then come to the net when he knows that he's going to have an easy body. He doesn't really tend to come in when and he ends up getting a you know a difficult volley. He only comes in when it's a good opportunity to, and he hits his approach shots with a lot of quality. Uh, so that's interesting as well. And the backhand has improved, but it can still be a little bit of maybe not a liability, but something to be taken advantage of, definitely. Okay, let's then have a look at that Rome uh, match. And what we'll do is we'll bring up the insights for that. So if we look at Djokovic here, you can see he's got the solid baseliner playing style from Tennis Insights. For Kasparud, he's also a solid baseliner, apparently. These were the insights from their match in Rome. So uh, we'll start with the serve quality or shot quality metrics. So serve quality and the tour average is 7.5. Djokovic was at a 7.8. Kasparud at an 8, actually, which is very high. 
Uh, return quality, ironically, Kasparud was at an 8.9. Djokovic had a 7, which you'd expect to be the other way around because Kasparud, uh, I don't think anyway, is the most natural returner, but Djokovic is arguably the best returner to ever play the game. Um, so the fact that he out-returned him, a real positive. Forehand quality, Kasparud edged that slightly. Uh, average of 7.2, but for him, his was 8.5, Djokovic 8.3. Backhand quality, though, I mean, worlds apart. Djokovic had a 7.8, and average for backhand quality is 7 on tour. Rude had a 6.4. So if you take the scores from forehand and backhand, the cumulative scores, uh, Djokovic is at a 16.1, and Rude is at a 14.9. So cumulatively, forehand and backhand together, Djokovic is outclassing him big time. Uh, steel percentage, average of 32%. Uh, 32% for Rude on the dot, 48% for Djokovic. That's the percentage of points that you win from a defensive position. Baseline battle, 50% for the tour is the average. 58% though for Djokovic in that match, 42% for Rude, so below the average. And then conversion, uh, so being able to convert points when you're on the attack. 68% for Djokovic, which is in line with the tour average. 52% for Rude. And obviously the tour average is taking into account all surfaces. Clay is a surface where it's a bit harder to be ultra-aggressive uh, and get a huge amount of success in comparison to other, court, other courts and other surfaces. Then we've got in attack, 22% is the average. 24% for Djokovic, 16% for Rude. So pretty defensive in that Rome match. Uh, so interesting stats there. And kind of in line with what we'd expect, apart from maybe the return quality <clears throat> and maybe serve quality, I'd, I'm not really sure whether Kasper is going to out-serve Djokovic. He could on clay. Return quality, though, um, I don't think that's going to be the case in my personal opinion. Um, so that's those bits. Let's then talk about the tactical and strategic part of this final. So there's a few things to bear in mind. Uh, for sure. And I think Djokovic, really, the final is on his racket in the sense that whatever happens is going to be because he wills it to or he doesn't perform well enough in a way. Uh, I find it very hard to back against Djokovic in this final, in all honesty. And it's a shame that Rude is coming up against another GOAT, in all honesty, after losing to Nadal last year on in the same final, the same Grand Slam. So let's break this down then. Uh, so serve and return dynamic. Djokovic has improved his serve monumentally. Um, he really has over the last few years. He's hitting his spots well. He outs. I mean, he served really well against Hachanov. Hit eleven aces against Alcaraz. Not as many aces, but a lot of unreturnables. Hit his spots. Found big first serves in big moments when he has break points down. Managed to get himself out of trouble. Uh, and that's such a big part of his game now. And, you know, in my opinion, he is just so, so, so solid for the most part on the serve. Now, the big thing, though, that he might find is that Alcaraz's backhand return is not as exploitable as it once was. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out, because I can imagine that he's going to go into the rude backhand more often than not. Uh, the rude forehand return is normally quite good, deep into court. Uh, with a lot of topspin, uh, tries to get himself to neutral, at least even on the front foot, maybe, uh, if he can. But Djokovic has been hitting his spot, so it'll be difficult to do that. 
Uh, but intriguing to see whether he can keep up that level because I, I think for me, Djokovic's serve is something that uh, has improved in leaps and bounds. I mean, first serve percentage of 70% against Alcaraz, which is really high. Uh, so we'll see how he gets on in that sense for Kasper Ruud. His serve is an interesting one for a smaller guy. It's actually pretty big uh, and he can hit his spots as well. He won't hit a huge amount of aces, but uh, he tends to back it up nicely with the big forehand as the plus one shot just to start the point on the aggressive when possible, um, which I do think is a big, big, big positive. So in my opinion, I think Kasper Ruud and his serve is something that could be exploited by Djokovic, but I think he needs to make sure that he's hitting his spots as well. He can't let the occasion get the better of him. The big advantage he has is that he's been here before. He's lost two. He knows what to expect. He needs to keep his nerves in check um, because he shouldn't be losing this match based on nerves. Um, playing in a Grand Slam final, he's been here twice. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, Djokovic, sorry, Kasparud even, needs to serve and use that plus one forehand as well as he can. He really does. Uh, because that's going to be the play that gets Djokovic on the back foot on the return games. The longer those return games go on, the more likely Djokovic is to break. The points are long and he'll pin you. He'll pin you. Uh, so that's an interesting dynamic, of course. And uh, Djokovic also might try and serve volley because Rude stands very far behind the baseline. So he could serve out wide, come forward, serve and volley. And that could work a treat because the return position for Rude isn't quite as far back as Medvedev, but it's it's very, very far back. So something that Djokovic can utilize. I think for Rude on his serve as well, I think he needs to be aggressive, uh, hit his spots, uh, get that first serve percentage up and then needs to try and dictate as soon as possible with a plus one forehand, uh, get on the front foot and try and drive Djokovic back. Uh, we saw the kick serve to his backhand that Alcaraz tried to utilize. He did have success or some success, at least Alcaraz with that kick serve, not being able to get hurt as much on the backhand return. Uh, Djokovic lobbying up some of those returns as well. Uh, didn't miss as many though as probably people were expecting. Kasparu's kick serve isn't as good as Alcaraz's from what I've seen. Uh, so he might get some success, but it won't be as much. Uh, so he might need to be a, bit more, be a bit more creative with his serving. And... Yeah, be aggressive with that first serve and also his first serve spots. Uh, so we'll see how that gets on. I think both players will try and attack the second serve, especially Djokovic. He steps inside the baseline or on the baseline for the most part. Rude will still stay back, and but he'll still try and hit with quality, uh, a lot of spin, a lot of height and depth, trying to get at least a neutral. So interesting dynamic indeed. From the back of the court, in the ground stroke exchanges, I think, Forehand to forehand. <sighs> Rude will have some success because I think his forehand is a weapon that is absolutely tailor-made to succeed on clay. High topspin, uh, good height, uh, you know, good angles found as well. And I think it's a really, really good tool on clay and I'm not surprised that he's had the success he's had on clay throughout his career so far uh, I, I think against Djokovic though Djokovic tends to soak that up for the most part and he can give it as good as he can get especially on the forehand side nowadays 
it is tough to break that side. Uh, and then backhand to backhand, we know that's definitely where Rude doesn't want to be involved in in that ad court exchange. Uh, he needs to try and open up on the forehand as early as possible and go into in or into out. Um, or either go line and get Djokovic on the forehand, trying to defend and uh, stretching, which to be fair, Djokovic defends him on the forehand, but at least get him defending. Don't let him dictate play from the back of the court. It's pretty important that he does that, in my opinion, as well. In terms of drop shot, I think Djokovic could utilize that quite a lot. Rude stands very far back for the return position. And if Djokovic is on the front foot, uh, Rude could be staying back from you know, the start of the rally. And Djokovic might try and then utilize a drop shot uh, once he's got Rude you know, deep into corners. I wouldn't be surprised. Kasper Rude has been using it a little bit. But against Djokovic, will he be able to push push Djokovic back? I'm not sure, in all honesty. Um, but let's see. Look, he played really well in Sverev. If he brings that level, then we have a really good final on our hands and he could definitely cause tr- trouble for Djokovic. If he doesn't bring that level, then we're talking about, you know, a potential wipeout in honesty. Um, and I'm just being honest about it because... You know, Djokovic with the experience and the level he's bringing at the moment. Kasper Ruud, he has that level. Uh, he has the, he has a good enough level to at least compete uh, and even take a set, maybe even two off Djokovic. But does he have not just the ability, but also the mental capacity, the mental fortitude to fight in the final and actually believe he can win and feel that he deserves to actually win the title uh, and it should be him winning uh, and have that slight bit of arrogance. I'm not so sure. Uh, Djokovic, on the other hand, he'll believe he's too good for Kasper Ruud. Prediction-wise, I think I'm going to have to go for Djokovic in straight sets. Uh, I think Ruud could take a set off him. I'd be surprised if it goes to five. Uh, I hope I'm wrong and you know, Djok- and Kasper Ruud makes it super competitive, uh, but I feel like Djokovic is going to be too strong and I think Kasper, unfortunately, will lose his third Grand Slam final. And that'll definitely hurt and it'll sting. But like he's done with the others, he'll probably come back stronger. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well. We'll see you on the next video.